0: Welcome to The Conversation from St. Patrick's Studio. My name is Brian Cannon. I'm here with Jill McMahon, the counselor to the stars. It's been a minute, Jill. So welcome to the program. Thank you so much. It was nice to see you too in this lovely office that we find ourselves in. So I think since it's been a minute, a lot has transpired since the last time we talked. We are, we are not just dealing with pandemic. So this is not just another pandemic conversation. This is what we like to call pandemic plus. So where are we at? Where are you at? What are we hearing? And, and how, how can we as Christian disciples in mission really take advantage of the tools in our toolbox to make a positive change this 2021 that we were all waiting for? Here it is. Lead the way. What, where are we at? I
1: think people are starting to think to themselves that they're running out of tools. Their Toolbox is looking thin at this (laughs) point, right? Um, I'm so glad that you just said that this isn't just another pandemic conversation. Although, of course, I don't think that you can live in this world in 2020 or 2021 and that not be incorporated into the discussion. Um, But holy cow, have things morphed and changed and um, grown since you and I last spoke, which I think was maybe last spring um, or this summer, I mean, when really our only main concern was pandemic, right? And all of the side effects that came with that. Um, What I can tell you that I have witnessed that has changed a lot since we both spoke um, is anxiety, and I know nobody is surprised about that. But at about September, I noticed a drastic upswing in anxiety, particularly in our young adults. Um, Whereas I believe that more seasoned adults, um, those of us that are older, uh, we have the coping skills and the life experience to trust that there's going to be an end. Yeah. To trust that, you know, um, life is going to come back online again, at some point that we are going to experience contentment and comfort. And we also understand that all we really need is our, our bare needs to be met. Right. Mm -hmm. As adults, we know if our family's okay, we can survive it. If we have food on the table, if we have a roof over our head, you know, it kind of goes to those three things that we can, we can kind of make it through. But for young adults, who don't have all of that life experience to bank on, who haven't seen that things usually do always turn out. Um, When September rolled around, they started to really struggle. Hmm. And I'm equating that to school starting again, Hmm. right? So for many of them, February led to March, March led to April. There was no prom, there was no graduation, summer vacations were canceled, but somewhere back in the reservoirs of their mind was the true belief, but, you know, next school year. Right. It, by know, then, surely, years, yes, uh, by yeah. then, surely. Yes. Yeah. By then, surely. You know, next school year is not going to be tainted. I feel sorry for, you know, those other kids, but um, everything's going to be back to normal yeah. in September. So that's kind of when I started seeing a big crack
0: now, I consider myself somewhere in between. I'm a man boy, right? So, <laughs> so I kind of got a foot in both worlds, right? I understand all those. Uh, <laughs> so I tried to come up with in my brain, what's the image that I feel like I'm dealing with? And this is what I come up with, mm-hmm. okay? I'm treating this like free therapy here. So <laughs> imagine you're holding your breath. Okay. And you've got a clock in front of you. Okay. And it's counting down. And it's got 30 seconds. Right. And you're holding your breath and mm-hmm. you're watching it come. Mm-hmm. And get down to about eight seconds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Three seconds. And then all of a sudden, 10 extra seconds tick onto the clock. Yep. And you're still holding your breath and you're watching it tick down. And it gets down to three seconds and nine extra seconds. Mm-hmm. get, and, and that's what I feel like I'm kind of slogging through. And and you mentioned with young adults, you know, surely by, mm-hmm. surely by, the, and, and the, all the surely buys go by, right? So...
1: And you're still waiting to inhale. Yeah. Right?
0: So how do we make this process of waiting? And Christian disciples are well acquainted with this idea of waiting for good things, right? And so how do we make it less of an exercise in holding breath and and more of a growth or anticipation in a positive way?
1: Stop looking at the clock.
0: Yeah. Right? And I really appreciate your analogy.
1: Actually, I think it's it's a great analogy, but that has been... What many of us have been doing in different ways, and that is only exacerbating our our anxiety, right? Mm -hmm. So the example that I just used with the young adults, you know, September, there was a date on the calendar, and September came and went, and things weren't back to normal. So I think it's just kind of learning to release, learning to give it up, Mm -hmm. learning to give it up literally, and go, okay, this is where we are. And I need to stop waiting for October and then waiting for November and waiting for that 30 second, you know, alarm to go off and go, this is where we are right now. So what am I going to do with where I am? How am I going to transition and transform to the moment? I think human nature naturally, you know, none of us We've heard forever. None of us love change. Some people do it better than others, that is for sure. Um, but human nature is to hold on to what you know, especially when it's comfortable, right? So, you know, our heels are in the sand. They were for some of us. And we're grappling to get back to what we know. If you can change that mindset and just go, okay, forget what I knew. Forget 2019. Forget 2019. I just need to be where I am because I'm losing time right now. So what can I make out of this experience? By the way, I realize that I say that so easily. It is not that easy to put into practice. Add to that what you just opened our session with today. What else has changed since you and I met? Civil discord. Right. Love thy neighbor. Comfort in knowing what each day was going to bring, feeling stifled as to view your real opinions, afraid that if you walk out of the house without a mask or with a mask, you're going to be judged, Mm -hmm. Um, a very contentious election, civil unrest, can I keep going? (laughs) All of the ways that our security blankies have been stolen from us.
0: And you mentioned being here present in the moment yeah. and uh, uh, because I like to do the year to date challenge, like <laughs> you know, where were we at in 2019 or even 2020 and yeah. and where are we at now? I mean, it would have been mind blowing to go oh. through all of the change that, is, that has been going on. And so... To manage expectations, I mm-hmm. think is so important because just as you mentioned those students who are looking towards the fall and, and right. w- weren't we all kind of doing that with yeah. the political process? setting these arbitrary times, okay, well, when the uh, campaign is over and we mm-hmm. have the election, then things well then we 're going to turn a corner or the inauguration, and then things are going to turn a corner um, or the the most arbitrary thing of all is new year's eve okay oh Oh, let's just get rid of this 2020 and then 2021 is going to look up but none of these things happens automatically right you know so we set up these arbitrary times and then are disappointed when magically things don't fall into place exactly so so what so so what has the effect been on people whose expectations have not been met What are people dealing with now more so than they were a year ago?
1: So I think um, everybody is aware that beginning of pandemic, there was February and March, right? Confusion. Um, A little bit, a little bit of panic, but it hadn't really taken hold. Um, Some disbelief, you know, just disoriented. We were disoriented in February Mm -hmm. and March. But a lot of people are telling me that they, you know, they believed that it was just going to be two weeks and that we were all going to be asked to shelter in place. We all were going to be asked to change our our daily routines for two weeks and we could do anything for two weeks, right? And then two weeks turned into four weeks and four weeks turned into 12 weeks. And again, um, the increase in anxiety is going to be first and foremost, but... Um, I don't know if you had the good fortune to watch a um, series on teen teen suicide that was released on all of our Arizona news stations last week. Yes, Incredible piece that was put together by the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism Mm -hmm. out of ASU. Um, The statistics are shocking. You know, in one year, the number of teen suicides have gone up over 50%. In one year. And I still think that we're not going to get accurate suicide um, statistics for about another year or two. I get asked that question a lot. Jill, are you seeing there be an increase in uh, suicide? Typically, it takes a good two years in order to get real solid data. But we see suicide rates going up. We see substance rates are skyrocketing, which is also leading to suicide rates, right? So during... um, COVID times, when a lot of companies, organizations, even support groups were closed down and not having people come in, um, well, those that needed those support systems the most Mm
0: -hmm.
1: are the ones that were left without it. So I'm talking the sober living facilities. I'm talking the substance abuse counseling facilities, um, eating disorder facilities, so some of the suicides that we are seeing are going to be directly correlated to that. We're seeing gun violence go up because 30 seconds turns into 90 seconds, turns into two hours, and all of a sudden you're feeling pretty hopeless. Mm-hmm. Um, domestic, domestic violence is on the rise. I had mentioned once before um, in one of our previous podcasts is that not all homes are safe homes. So now we've asked children to stay at home where school was really their safe haven. So um, all in all, you know, we're seeing additional chaos that I don't think anybody could have predicted and then add to that civil unrest. So, gosh, in March, we thought we could do anything for two weeks. Right. It's now January. And, um, we're fatigued. We're losing the tools out of our toolbox, right, and we have some family units that are stronger than they've ever been, and
0: some that aren't so what's the difference? What's the difference in those relationships right now that are working and those that are breaking mm-hmm. down?
1: That's a really that is a million dollar
0: question. My Haven't friend. you fixed this yet? <laughs> I've been holding my breath. I'm working on it. I mean. I
1: think the difference is kind of what I said earlier. I think it's um, acceptance. Have you accepted where we are in this world right now? Um, Or are you still at conflict with what is happening with the rules and regulations that are being put into place with your government? with medical society, with how your brother's handling this versus how you, it's conflict, right? And so this level of, okay, I can't control any of that. Giving that up, I can't control any of it. What I can control is how I respond to other people, right? My own family, what I can control is that I make this as pleasant for everybody around me as I can. What I can control is my own behavior, even though I know my brother is hogging the remote control or our Wi-Fi sucks and I need it for class, but he needs it for class, but dad's using it for his Excel spreadsheet. It's just um, quit trying to fight it, whatever it is. There is no political connotation there. Just quit fighting. And accept where we are, and learn that something really great can come out of that.
0: The Wi-Fi, <laughs> speaking <laughs> my language with the Wi-Fi, because because all of our languages. I, I think this is a very good image. Um, it's a zero-sum game. <laughs> the Wi-Fi is there oh. is only so much bandwidth. There is only so much, right? And I think that one of the things that is holding us back from. Living in relationship the way that the gospel would call us as mm-hmm. disciples to live in relationship is that we're treating everything like the Wi-Fi. Hmm. We're treating everything like a zero-sum game. Hmm. And you must choose a side. Mm-hmm. And there will be no concession. There will be, there will be no compromise because everything is seen as either a territorial gain or a territorial loss mm-hmm. to your enemy. Or with those whom you disagree, however you want to, to term that. And could you imagine a marriage that was like that, oh. where everything was territorial Mm-mm. and everything was seen as a battle to Mm-mm. be, because there's such distrust. Right. There's such distrust to, to be vulnerable because you just know that that other person is going to take advantage of it. If I just if I close my device right now, I know my five-year-old daughter is going to hop on and oh, take yeah. that bandwidth. And, and, you know, and so this is not just the political discourse. This is the religious discourse. Sometimes, it. it's a, sometimes it's a family dynamic. So when we characterize other people in the worst possible mm-hmm. light and use that as the justification for all the awful things that mm-hmm. that we do how how can there be any hope in having healthy relationships right so how do we take take a step like if we're just going to take a step mm. of trust if we're going to take a step of seeing somebody else in a positive light because i think as a disciple I have to be willing to sacrifice. You're right. Right? I have to be... Um, it's a little bit different for a disciple. So what's the first step look like for somebody who is a person of faith in this contentious world? This is why you and
1: I are friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because you realize that as a, as a disciple, you have to be willing to sacrifice. Yeah. You said that so easily, like, butter, like, so fluidly. But it's really not that
0: easy. Well, not all of our, our ideals are a tactical victory, are they?
1: Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And if you can let go of that idea. So here's, here's a question that I pose to you and everyone that's listening today. Um, how many people um, do you know or how many times have you experienced in the last few months where a friend of yours or a distant family member has attempted to educate you? <laughs> On things that they just don't think that you see correctly. Hmm. Ways in which they don't think that you are looking through a clear lens or that you can't see it in an unbiased manner. So if they just send you that one video clip or that article, they can turn you.
0: Yes, and the wool will be pulled back from your eyes. You will stop being a sheep and you will...
1: And and we, and we get it, you know, how many platforms are yeah. we on, right? So we'll get, it'll sneak into our DM somewhere. It'll be Instagram or Facebook Messenger or, you know, God forbid it shows up in email. Like that's pretty straightforward or text. But that's how we're losing each other. In order to really connect or bring us back together, you need to ask, am I listening? I know what my beliefs are. I'm sure you know what your beliefs are, and I'm sure that both of us feel pretty relatively strongly about both, right? I don't I don't know if they jive with one another or not, but in order to engage in a conversation with you, I need to listen to you first. So if I come at you with information or education or, you know, I just think you misunderstand this, so I'm going to send you the latest CDC data so that you get it. Just real um, passive aggressive, you know? just, not even not even was? passive aggressively, <laughs> just aggressively. Just aggressive, good old fashioned which aggression. Typically, they think they're being passive. Um, <laughs> then I'm then I'm not listening. So you know, I just really invite everybody to don't even start the conversation. Just very patiently listen to what somebody else has to say without starting to formulate in your mind while they're talking about what your response is gonna be. That is the number one um, fault that we all fall into when we're listening. So I'm, I'm listening to you pose a question to me and maybe before you're finished posing that question, Brian, I'm already starting to formulate how I'm gonna answer. So am I really listening? No, that's not active listening. We are so disconnected and we are so disengaged right now. And unfortunately, because we have lived more of an isolated lifestyle for some time now, some of us are getting very comfortable being isolated. So just naturally... Some of us are falling out of the habit of connecting with others, but we need to connect now more than ever. So what that means is when old Aunt Joni calls and you know that she has very strong opinion about the vaccine. And before you attempt to rebut or prepare yourself for, you know, an argument or fill her full of the latest you know, medical journal study, what if you just sat quietly and listened? Because when somebody feels heard, they feel far more connected to you. Yeah. That's how a conversation, conversation should start. And that's the piece that most of us aren't very good at.
0: Yeah. We're used to trying to be right. Oh. And, and maybe a little less interested in being effective or transformative. Absolutely, And, and so if, if we're hoping... Think about what it would take for you to be transformed. Mm. What would it take for for you to actually change, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: right? Mm -hmm. Ever change because somebody yelled at you? Oh, heck no. Right? You ever change because, wow, that person really doesn't respect me. If anything,
1: that just validated my argument in my head that I was right and they don't know what they're talking about, right? right? The moment I feel attacked, well, clearly... She can't be biased and, or she's crazy. So just validates my thinking, creates a bigger divide. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: So if somebody comes to you Mm -hmm. and they're saying, how can I build a relationship of trust? Like, uh, you know, I've had a a situation in my life where I've been hurt. Right. Because I think that for almost all of us, that is now all of our experience on some level that we have been wounded now. Right. And the temptation is to maybe close off or protect against being wounded again. hmm So how do you bring down some of the barriers that stand in the way of trust?
1: Uh, several aspects, actually. The first thing is I ask people to draw attention to what is going right in their life, not what's going wrong, right? So if you've been hurt... um. You know, there's many different ways you can be hurt, but if you've been hurt, we tend to focus on that event, focus on that argument, focus on the way that our friend or our sister um, deceived us or did us wrong, or, you know, um, let's just say, I'm gay, and my best friend is supporting somebody that I know is anti gay. All of a sudden, I feel like I can't trust you. This is an attack on me personally. And then we start to wonder well, what's that person's belief? What's that person's belief? Nothing is as I thought it was before. I'm so confused. We tend to get in the habit of catastrophizing, right? Mm. I'm not sure that's a word. You can look that up Dude, later. Dude, it's
0: totally a word. I really think it that's is a be word.
1: The I'm pretty sure that was in my training somewhere. I love it. I love it. So, we tend to catastrophize and that means everything is murky or uncertain or I don't know what's real anymore. Can we do that with people
0: too? Oh, yes. So, so like this idea of getting along with somebody with whom you disagree. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't disagree on everything. Of course not. So that idea of like focusing on what's going right, maybe we apply that to relationships too. You're not a person with whom I disagree. You're a person with whom I agree on this and this and this and this and and millions of other things. And we have some disagreements in these other Mm -hmm. areas, but that's not how I fundamentally see you.
1: Right. Okay. Absolutely. That's, that's my point. So we tend to focus on what's wrong. Yeah. And we stop paying attention to what's right. Well, how did this person come into my life to start with? There must have been some redeeming factors. We must have connected in some way. I know that, that those characteristics still exist. We just may not um, connect with each other in this one way, right? Mm-hmm. Or maybe I've learned, and I think that a lot of people have had this experience over the last year as well, maybe I've learned that I've outgrown that person. So just because I've outgrown a relationship or a person does not have to mean that that person is bad, that that person um, struggles morally. What it means is that person came into my life for a reason at the time that they came into my life. They served a purpose for me in some way to help me grow. Maybe now I'm ready to move on past them move on because I'm a different person now. Maybe I need something different from somebody else that can teach me something that this person has already taught me, Hmm. right? Does that make sense? Yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: Um, So I would say first and foremost, um, in order to rebuild some real trust and faith in the world again, is to stop focusing on what's going wrong, specifically in your life, and start focusing on what's going right. You know, a client left here shortly before um, you came into my room today and we were recounting the last year. And what we said together was that so many people have forgotten all that they've learned in 2020. We got so consumed and media um, has not helped us in this regard, in my opinion. Media and social media can be dangerous, right? We've we've discussed it before, but I've I've seen that um, exacerbated for sure in 2020. In a year of anxiety, stop spoon-feeding yourself with anxiety by watching too much media, right? But it's been so much of what hasn't gone our way in 2020, Mm -hmm. and people have really stopped to take stock of what has gone well for them maybe you didn't um you know come in contact with covid personally that's a positive in my opinion right maybe mm. you were able to abate it that's a positive in my opinion maybe you were your college student was able to stay home and spend additional time with the family that can be looked at as looked at as a negative it also can be a positive maybe your hours were reduced And yes, that's stressful. I am not minimizing that. But because of that, you were able to spend more time with your mom that you wouldn't have been able to spend before. So um, it's looking for the positive and time. How do you rebuild trust? Brian, time. But we're an impatient culture. Mm -hmm. Father Erica said in several sermons that um, this isn't the first time that Catholics have gone through something or Christians have gone through something really trying. It's not. So if you can look at it universally, this is a blip in time. Mm -hmm. And I know it's scary. But the history of the world has been made up of hundreds and thousands of blips in time. This is ours. It's not forever. We'll get through this right? Um, I think that also helps us connect. If you can take more of that universal approach instead of, I don't like what's happening to me right now, right today. What is this going to mean for me this year? Um, My poor children, we've heard that, you know, I'm worried about the state of, of the world for my children. I get all of that. But is getting stuck in that loop helping you?
0: you're drawing out a lot of Ignatian spirituality themes here, either intentionally or unintentionally. I think it's at the core of who I am. (laughs) So this idea of the examine, and Mm -hmm. sometimes, and, and, you know, we apply it to our day, but it doesn't have to be just applied to a day. We get hung up on the where have I failed? Right. And gloss over the where have I encountered the sacred? Where have I encountered goodness? Right. Right. And what meaning can I draw out of that too? And so can we apply that to this time that we've spent? Maybe not let it lead us to expectation of the, for the future, but for a deeper understanding. But maybe take it even a step further and not apply it to time, but apply that to people. Mm. In the exam, and the examine sometimes we can be just so critical of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we can be that way in our judgment of others as well. Mm -hmm. But where do I encounter the sacred in this person who maybe I have demonized for a while or have been separated from or have viewed as stupid or, Mm -hmm. or, um, uneducated, uneducated, whatever it is. Right. Can I take that same principle and see the good and the holy and the child that exists in all of those people. And maybe that goes a little bit towards healing relationships. And I'm gonna
1: add one last caveat to that list and not try to change them. Yeah. Because the second that I go into a relationship thinking that my sole purpose is to change that person, I've lost connection with them right there. I'm not in the moment. Right. I'm not appreciate them appreciating them for what they can offer me.
0: Cause that's that zero sum game coming in. Right. But if we take a, the different approach, uh, which, what I would argue is the more Christ like approach, mm-hmm. we both stand to grow. Right. We both stand to, to which isn't that what you want for the other person anyway, Absolutely. which is the definition of love is willing the good of the other.
1: So with that being said, there are certain people in our lives that, um, we really can't be out of relationship with, right? Our family. Mm. Even if we're seeing big division and divide within our family, that is when you want to put that into play. That is when you want to grow together. That is when you want to find value and connection. How can I, where do I connect with them? What is it about them that I know that I love? Right, And how can I tap into that piece? And I don't want to forget that that, that portion of that person exists and that um, when we can be in that place together, that they make they physically make me feel warmer and a part of something and supported. But during this time as well, Brian, I'm going to say we have learned, many of us have learned that there are people in our lives that no longer feed us, mm-hmm. but we were continuing to allow them into the circle Because sometimes we think the more the merrier. Sometimes we think the more people that we have in our circle, the more we're loved, um, the more we're valued. And I will say, I think this last year has made us all kind of reevaluate that a little bit. Maybe some people don't need to be in my circle. So maybe I don't, maybe there's a few people I don't need to dig deep to find real meaning and value in. Maybe it's time to let some people go because that's better for me,
0: right? And to trust that it would also be better for them. Right. If that's the direction that God is leading right. you to, an authentic love right. that, that wills the good of the other, right? it's okay to let go.
1: Ab- thank you. You said it better than I did. Absolutely.
0: Jill. Thank you so much for taking this time to talk with me once again. Always. This has been The Conversation from St. Patrick's Studio, and we will see you next time.
1: Bye, everyone. Miss you.